Talking to Sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Zay, collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the worst podcast I've ever been on. Word. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Today is Sunday, December the 15th, 2019. It is the night of WWE TLC pay-per-view. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening and subscribing uh, wherever you find your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Google, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts. And uh, you can always find the video feed on YouTube as well. Thanks to everybody for following on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and LinkedIn. You can find the show at Catch Hook Shoot. And head over to patreon.com slash catchhookshoot for all your bonus content and prowrestlingtees.com slash catchhookshoot for all your t-shirt needs. And as always, <clears throat> excuse me, you can, uh, if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. Starting off the show on a little bit of a sad note, uh, found out online today that uh, Randy uh, Coley had passed away. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar, he was formerly known as Moondog Rex, part of the Moondogs tag team in WWE back in the uh, 70s and 80s. And um, little known fact, he was the original smash of Demolition before uh, Barry Darso took over that role. Um yeah, basically, I guess uh, he was too too recognizable, you know, fans, uh, when Demolition was first introduced uh, with him in the Smash role, uh, fans recognized him and were chanting Moondog during matches, so he was removed from the team and replaced with uh, Barry Darso as Smash. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace to uh, to Randy Colley, and, uh, yeah, uh, condolences to his uh, his friends and family. He was only 69 years old, so not, uh, you know, not uh, not not a very old uh, old guy um, didn't see what the um, what happened like how he uh, how he passed away or anything like that but uh, yeah apparently uh, Randy Coley has passed away uh, moving on into the uh, first segment of the week as always is uh, is our match of the week All right, so the match of the week this week actually comes from uh, Warrior Wrestling 7 that took place on Friday that uh, I was doing the uh, live play-by-play on the uh, the Podbean app. And uh, First, before I get into this match, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in. Uh, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I just uh, hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. I know I posted on social media I was going to be posting the uh, the play-by-play as bonus episodes, but apparently there's some uh, issue with Podbean. I wasn't able to download the recording, so I've got uh, you know got an email into their uh, support department. So hopefully I'll get uh, you know get that resolved so I can get those uh, those two uh, episodes posted. Um, because, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic event, and uh, like I said, I, I uh, am very, very grateful to everybody who uh, who tuned in and checked out the live play-by-play. I had a great time doing it. I can't wait to go back for Warrior 8 coming up uh, at the beginning of uh, 2020, so uh, be on the lookout for that one. I'll be posting, you know, whenever that is uh, officially scheduled 
as far as doing another uh, another live feed because it uh, yeah it was a great time and I I think it uh, you know I think we got a, a pretty good response and hopefully it'll uh, it'll just grow from there so we'll have to see but getting into the match of the week uh, like I said coming from Warrior Wrestling Seven was uh, Filthy Tom Lawler versus Minoru Suzuki this match was insane I mean I. You know, talking about the match previously, when I previewed the event, I, I said this one was going to be a symphony of violence, and it did not disappoint. I mean, there was, you know, I, I changed my match of the night about three times during the broadcast, but uh, yeah, uh, Lawler and Suzuki was uh, was the match of the night. They stole the show. They put on an amazing match, and it was, you know, a, a true hybrid match between pro wrestling and MMA with these two guys and uh, you know if you uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it I mean go back and check out the warrior wrestling pay-per-views on the fight network I believe you can also find it on high spots uh, but definitely this match alone is uh, is worth the price of uh, going back and checking out that pay-per-view but the entire card was just amazing top to bottom I mean uh, you had uh, chaos with Will Ospreay, amazing Red and Rocky Romero taking on the Rascals, that that match was uh, just ridiculous all over the place. A lot of a lot of high flying, obviously, with those six guys, and uh, just an amazing match as well. Um, then uh, had uh, uh, the women's match that night was uh, Holly Dead versus Savannah Stone. It was my first opportunity to see Savannah Stone, and I was very impressed. I mean, taking into consideration she's only been in pro wrestling for about three years. The she's like 18 or 19 years old. She's already made an appearance on Raw uh, last year uh, in February against Nia Jax, and you know she she's one to watch. I, I you know I can see her becoming a, a huge huge star because her you know her age and just the the small amount of experience that she has to be as good as she is is uh, amazing so keep keep an eye out for savannah stone so uh, let's get into the uh, news and rumors for the week so starting off on monday night raw saw the uh, lana and rusev uh, divorce segment uh, hopefully that means that this angle is coming to an end sometime soon. I mean, like I said, if you're if you're enjoying the angle, that's great. I'm not gonna begrudge anybody what they find entertaining. You know, it's this. I've said numerous times, this is not my thing. But uh, yeah, uh, Lana and Rusev divorce angle. We finally got a hint as to uh, when we might see Liv Morgan again. Hopefully sometime soon. They uh, ran a, a promo package about a Liv Morgan makeover. So I'm wondering what uh, what exactly that's going to be all about. We'll just have to wait and see. And uh, had a, a, a really, really good match on Raw with Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. That was my match of the week up until uh, up until this past Friday when I was at uh, at Warrior 7. But, uh, yeah, Carrillo did get the victory. And we saw a little bit of uh, dissension starting between Andrade and Zelina Vega. So I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that. Are they going to split those two up? Um, I hope not because they. I just think they work very well together and you don't, you know, I don't think you see enough managers anymore, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Andrade and Zelina as a, as a package deal works very well. I'm not sure what they would do with Selena Vega if they, uh, split her and Andrade up, would she, uh, start, uh, wrestling more? I mean, she's only, only wrestled a handful of matches in WWE, but she, uh, I mean, she, she's a great wrestler. Go back and look at some of her stuff from TNA, but, uh, 
you know, again, kind of one of those wait and see things. It's it's kind of planting the seeds of uh, some dissension in the ranks there with Andrade and Zelina. And uh, was made official this past week. Seth Rollins is aligned with the Authors of Pain. We saw them uh, take out Kevin Owens yet again. Uh, Rollins hitting the uh, the curb stomp on Kevin Owens in the in the locker room area in the back, and uh, you know on the the concrete floor. So you know, they're definitely uh, definitely building building this one up. Uh, moving on to NXT, we've got a new cruiserweight champion, and Angel Garza defeated Leo Rush on, uh, on NXT this past Wednesday. Finn Balor defeated Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa, so he will face Adam Cole next week on uh, December the 18th, or this coming week, I should say, for the uh, for the NXT title, and that'll be the uh, the last NXT of the year because the following Wednesday is Christmas and the following Wednesday is uh, New Year's Day. So, uh, yeah, that'll be the uh, the last NXT for uh, for 2019. So they're definitely building it up to be a big one. They've also got uh, the women's championship on the line. Shayna Baszler taking on Rhea Ripley on the 18th. On SmackDown, saw some uh, some interesting stuff. There was an interview uh, with Renee Young interviewing The Miz at his home, and uh, they uh, cut to a, a scene. Maurice was uh, screaming for The Miz. He went running, and they're looking on their iPad at their baby monitor in uh, their daughter Monroe's room, and the uh, the Firefly Funhouse puppets were in her crib <laughs> with her. So they go running up there, and of course the puppets are gone, but then they're left with a, uh, a doll, a blonde-haired uh, doll with fiend face paint on. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be the introduction of a new character or what it's going to be. I know a lot of people have been speculating and, uh, you know, clamoring for there to be a new, an actual member of the Firefly Funhouse, like another wrestler aligned with Bray Wyatt. And a lot of people have been saying or hoping that it's going to be Liv Morgan. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I said that before. Liv is on Raw. They're advertising this makeover thing for her on Raw. So I, I don't think it's going to be Liv Morgan, but I, I'm interested to see, you know, how this one is going to play out. And, uh, you know, hopefully we should find out some more tonight at the uh, the TLC pay-per-view, but I'll get into that in just a few minutes here. Uh, some uh, news out of NXT UK. Piper Niven posted on social media that she has suffered an attack of uh, Bell's palsy, uh, same same condition that uh, JR deals with. And, uh, you know, but she seems to be in very good spirits. And, uh, you know, she is scheduled to, uh, uh, to be in a match for the NXT UK Women's Championship uh, coming up at uh, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 next month. So uh, I would assume she'll be... Uh, cleared to, cleared to go by then. Uh, she's got you know quite a uh, quite a bit of time. You know, a few weeks. Uh, I want to say what three four weeks. So uh, you know, hopefully she she's cleared and able to compete at that time. But uh, yeah, get well get well soon. Wishes to uh, Piper Niven. Like I said, she seems to be in very good spirits. So um, you know, hopefully we'll uh, see her back in the ring real soon. So uh, some miscellaneous WWE news. I know I talked about the releases that happened last week, and of course I recorded the show before the uh, the last one was announced, which was the Ascension. Connor and Victor also released from WWE, and we've got a couple of suspensions this week from WWE as well. Uh, Bobby Roode and Primo Cologne, who I I thought had already been released because uh, he and uh, Epico have been wrestling in Puerto Rico for Carlito's promotion. But, uh, yeah, apparently Rude and Primo both suspended for 30 days for wellness violations. Uh, some other 
miscellaneous stuff. Uh, looks like Baron Corbin's going to be getting a manager. Apparently, Drake Maverick has been managing him on house shows the last week or so. And the word going around is that uh, Maverick was the person under the ring on SmackDown last week that was holding Roman Reigns' ankles while he was being handcuffed to the ring post and covered in dog food by uh, Corbin and Ziggler. So we may see Drake Maverick in, uh, in a manager role, uh, you know, uh, pretty soon with uh, with Baron Corbin. And wondering if that might start tonight on the pay-per-view. Who knows? So uh, we'll see where that one goes. Uh, also, the first two inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame for 2020 have been announced, and those are the uh, um, those are Batista and the NWO, consisting of Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, Six or X Pac or the One Two Three Kid, whatever you want to call them. And uh, a lot of people questioning why X-Pac was made part of this. Why wasn't it just Hogan Hall and Nash? Or why wasn't it uh, uh, Eric Bischoff possibly? Because he was, uh, you know, part of the first, uh, um, you know, five, six guys that that started the NWO with the you know, when the announcement was first made, it was uh, kind of promoted as the original four, which it really wasn't. I mean, Hogan Hall and Nash were the first three. Um, the fourth actually was Ted DiBiase. The fifth was the big show, uh, or the giant as he was known then. And then uh, the sixth was six, X-Pac. So, but, uh, you know, I have no issue with it. Uh, X-Pac was a big part of the NWO in the beginning. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that that is the core group of the original NWO when they first started, so I, I got no issue with it. I think a lot of people online, they just need something to complain about, and that a lot of them keyed in on this one, but, uh, you know, that'll make all four of these guys will then be uh, two-time Hall of Famers, which, you know, congratulations to them. I mean, they deserve it. The NWO definitely deserves the recognition. I mean, the NWO was the biggest, hottest thing of the mid-90s in professional wrestling. You know, it completely changed the game. So it, uh, yeah, the NWO as a group is definitely deserving of it. Now, they can't induct every member who was ever a part of the NWO. I want to say there was something like 62, 63 guys that were part of the NWO at some point or another. But, uh you know, recognizing this core group of guys, I think it is uh, well deserved. So that's uh, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. So, uh, like I said, WWE's TLC pay per view is tonight. Going to run down the uh, the matches that have been announced so far. Um, who knows? There could be some last minute additions, but uh, what we're looking at so far, we've got Roman Reigns taking on Baron Corbin in a TLC match, which is kind of odd to me. I mean, there's no prize involved in this match. Normally a TLC match is basically a ladder match with tables and chairs thrown into it, and there's some kind of prize hanging over the ring that you got to go for, whether it's a title or a briefcase, whatever it might be. And so this is just kind of like a TLC match for the sake of a TLC match. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Reigns versus Corbin, they've pretty much had the top rivalry on SmackDown lately. So, um, I mean, it should be a decent match. I'm not uh, taking anything away from that. I'm just saying, you know, a TLC match just for the sake of it doesn't uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but you know i'm not the one booking it uh then we've got the new day taking on the revival in a ladder match for the smackdown tag team titles um the kabuki warriors taking on becky lynch and charlotte flair for the uh, the women's tag team titles in the first ever women's tlc match this is the one that i'm looking forward to the most because if they if they give them the proper amount of time and just let these four women go out there and do their thing, this is going to be a fantastic match. You've got legitimately four of the top women in WWE in that ring. So 
you know, I'm looking for this one to possibly steal the show. Uh, and then we've got Rusev taking on Lashley in a tables match. Uh, like I said, hopefully, and this is just my own take on it, hopefully this, this rivalry is winding down and this will be the, the blow-off to it. But who knows, they may carry it over uh, a little bit more. But, uh, you know, after tonight, you're going to start seeing uh, uh, the push for the Royal Rumble coming, and then that leads into the push to WrestleMania. So, um yeah, the, the, this is the uh, the last pay per view of 2019. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking this is going to be the blow off to a lot of these uh, a lot of these angles. Uh, then we've got the Viking Raiders putting the Raw Tag Team Titles on the line in an open challenge. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out to answer that. Could it be the Street Profits uh, again, who answered the challenge on Monday Night Raw, uh, or we're going to see you know a different team thrown into the mix? And then of course, I think the one that most people are looking forward to in this is. Uh, the Miz versus Bray Wyatt. Now, not The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt. And this is a non-title match. Of course, Bray Wyatt is the Universal Champion right now. Uh, but like I said, with uh, the stuff that went on on SmackDown this past week in The Miz's house during that interview, and uh, you know, just the uh, the mind games that Wyatt's been playing with The Miz, I'm I'm very interested to see how this is going to go. Are we going to see whoever this new character might be represented by by this doll uh, possibly make an appearance? I'll have to wait and see, but, uh, you know, I mean, on paper, as far as the matches that have been announced, it, uh, you know, it looks to be a good pay-per-view. I mean, you know, put put the angles to the side, because some of them are a little bit weak, but uh, the matches themselves, oh, and the one I forgot to mention, Aleister Black taking on Buddy Murphy, that, that right there, you know, in and of itself, is going to be a good match. I mean, these are two guys that I think deserve you know, to be pushed a li- little bit harder than what they are. But uh, these these are two guys that definitely, again, another one that has the potential to steal the show. So I'm really looking forward to that one as well. So on paper, it looks like a very, very good pay-per-view. So I, I'm, I'm anxious to check that out tonight. Moving into some AEW news, uh, MJF accepted Cody Rhodes' challenge this past week. And uh, he says he's got some stipulations, though. He's going to name those on the uh, January 1st episode of Dynamite. And... Uh, also, the episode of Dynamite coming up this week is the last one for uh, 2019. Like I said, the following Wednesday is Christmas Day, and the following week we're into uh, the new year, 2020. So, uh, yeah, MJF will name the stipulations for his match against Cody on the January 1st edition of Dynamite from Jacksonville. Uh, the, uh, also coming up this week on Dynamite, the Young Bucks will be taking on SCU for the AEW Tag Team titles. The Bucks earned that uh, match by defeating Santana and Ortiz in a street fight this past week. Uh, another one that I had uh, penciled in as match of the week, uh, as a match of the week contender until uh, up until Warrior Wrestling this past Friday. So uh, the Bucks versus SCU, I mean, you're talking about two of the best tag teams in the world. So I cannot wait to see that match on Wednesday. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that SCU is going to retain. I don't, I mean, I'm sure the Bucks are going to be tag team champions at some point. I just, I don't, don't think they're going to book themselves as the champions this soon into the the life of uh of AEW but hey I could be wrong you know but uh, I have no issue with the Bucks being champions either like I said they are arguably the best tag team in the world I mean the Bucks uh Santana and Ortiz the Lucha Brothers SCU uh best friends the hybrid Two, the dark order AEW has the best tag team division in wrestling period Uh, I, I don't you know I always say arguably but I don't even know if that can be argued so uh yeah, any any one of those teams could, I could see holding the titles, but uh, so I have no issue if the Bucks do win. But I think SCU is going to retain this time around. 
AEW also announced that their next pay-per-view event will be back here in Chicago on February the 29th as part of the uh, the C2E2 convention from the uh, the Wintrust Arena in downtown Chicago. So moving away from the Sears Center. Um, But uh, yeah, it'll be on February 29th and it's going to be called Revolution. So I would assume that's where we're probably going to see the MJF versus Cody match. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be a a world title match with Jericho. We'll get into that in a minute as far as who I think his opponent will be. Uh, But moving on to the uh, the Nightmare Collective, which is uh, Brandy and Awesome Kong's group. Like I said, they added another member uh, two weeks ago. And then this week they, uh, uh, in a, a recorded segment, uh, they showed another new member, but uh, didn't show his face. This time was a man. He is, uh, you know, has his head shaved, which seems to be the uh, one of the requirements for joining the Nightmare Collective. There was a lot of speculation online who it is. Is it a new uh, indie guy maybe that a lot of people don't know? Could it be, uh, some people guessed Vampiro, but it's, it's definitely not Vampiro. Vampiro's head is tattooed, and this guy, you know, had uh, no head or facial tattoos from what we could see on TV. Um, somebody said Gangrel. I don't don't think it was him. Um, I thought it could have been Mikey Whipwreck just from the, the view that we did get, but who knows? I'm sure we'll find out uh, coming up sometime soon. Uh, talking about Chris Jericho like we did a minute ago, uh, he actually invited John Moxley to join the inner circle this past week. Now, uh, you know, Moxley and Jericho have been kind of, um, haven't gotten physical with each other the last couple weeks, but have been, uh, you know, popping their popping their heads in during each other's matches coming through the crowd and things like that and uh you know moxley is the the number one contender for the aew world title and uh, i'm sure jericho is well aware of that and i think he's trying to uh, kind of use this as a way to weasel his way out of a match with moxley which uh you know classic heel tactics so um yeah, Moxley invited to join the inner circle. Didn't give any kind of response. There was no physicality between the two, which I love. And, uh, yeah, so this is definitely uh, going to build a storyline for these two. I would assume Moxley will be Jericho's opponent for the pay-per-view revolution coming up in February. Um, and then uh, also this past week on, on Dynamite, Cody had a match with uh, uh, the Butcher and the Blade where MJF basically chose his tag team partner and chose uh, QT Marshall for him. Now, nothing against QT Marshall, but he doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't have the experience and things like that, and it just, um, you know, but that was the point. You know, they, they, they were kind of made it look like, you know, Cody was being screwed over by giving, being given an inexperienced partner and things like that. That's, you know, the point they were trying to get across. That's a story they were trying to tell. Uh, so, you know, the Butcher the butcher and the Blade won the match, obviously. Uh, and uh, Darby Allen actually came out at the end of the match to, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't a fight or anything, just came out, helped Cody up. And he, uh, Darby will be Cody's partner this week on Dynamite against the Butcher and the Blade. And uh, Darby cut a promo and said, you know, this is uh, um, the way that he wants Cody to repay him for backing him up is he wants another match. Of course, they had uh, the one match that they've had went to a 20-minute time limit draw. Uh, Just a fantastic match, so I can't wait to see part two of this. Uh, Again, I would assume probably taking place at at the Revolution pay-per-view. You know, they're going to be, you know, everything's going to be building towards that now. And, uh, you know, I like the storytelling and the booking and the angles and stuff that AEW is doing. I mean, I think people have gotten so used to WWE's way of booking where it moves so quickly and there is no really long-term storylines. I mean, there are here and there, but I'm talking like one or two, 
you know, that uh, that last a significant amount of time. Uh, you know, with AEW, they've said they are going to do long-term booking, and uh, so I'm hoping that this, you know, this is, uh, you know, there's more of this to come is what I'm trying to say. I'm hoping that we uh, continue to see this type of storytelling from AEW. Another match coming up this week on Dynamite is uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander for the uh, number one contender for the Women's Championship. Um, you know, very, very interesting as far as the rankings go. Uh, uh, obviously, Baker's number one, Statlander's number two. Statlander's only been with AEW for a few weeks, and she's already the number two contender. But she is, she's undefeated. She's 2-0. and Britt Baker's 4-2. and So... You know, and they have, they've both kind of leapfrogged in the ratings a little bit, or rankings a little bit, but, uh, I mean, based on the, the one loss records, you know, it makes, it makes sense, at least it does to me, so, but, uh, yeah, the winner of that match going to be getting a shot at Riho for the, uh, uh, AEW World Women's Championship, Now I don't know if they will hold that off until the pay-per-view, because that's still quite a ways away, so, uh, you know, we could see that match happen possibly on the, uh, the New Year's Day edition of, uh, of Dynamite, uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander this coming week on Dynamite for the number one contender for the Women's Championship. Uh, getting into the AEW rankings on the men's side, you've got John Moxley at number one, Kenny Omega at number two, Pocket number three, Cody at number four, and MJF at number five. On the women's side, we just talked about uh, Britt Baker at number one and Chris Statlander at number two. Number three is Hikaru Shida. Number four is Nyla Rose. And number five is Emi Sakura. On uh, the tag teams, we've got the Young Bucks at number one. Obviously, they're challenging for the titles this week. Uh, Santana and Ortiz at number two. Best Friends at number three. The Lucha Brothers at number four. And the Dark Order at number five. Getting into some uh, Ring of Honor news, they had their uh, final battle pay-per-view on Friday, and we've got all new champions in Ring of Honor, uh, except for the uh, except for the Women of Honor Championship. Uh, you know, obviously Kelly Klein no longer a part of Ring of Honor, but she is still the Ring of Honor or the Women of Honor Champion. So. I haven't seen anything about what they're going to do about that situation, but I'm sure we'll find out at some point. And I don't, I mean, I'm hoping they don't just discontinue their women's division, but uh, who knows? You know, Ring of Honor just not in the greatest of shape lately. But uh, by all accounts, this was a very good pay per view. PCO is your new world champion, defeated Roosh for the, the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham are the new tag team champions, defeated the Briscoe brothers. And Dragon Lee uh, is your new. Uh, New Ring of Honor World TV Champion. Uh, NWA also had a pay-per-view last night on Saturday, Into the Fire. Uh, Rock and Roll Express actually retained the tag team titles against the Wild Cards. That kind of surprised me when I read that. You know, I figured, uh, okay, they put the titles on the Rock on Rock and Roll. It's kind of a novelty thing, a throwback, a nod to the to the NWA's past. Uh, But I didn't think it would last for too long. But uh, you know, to for them to retain the titles a bit of a bit of a surprise to me but uh hey you know good on uh, good on rock and roll i mean they're still you know all these years later they're still still going strong so that's awesome uh nick aldis retained the nwa world heavyweight championship uh odb made an appearance as allison k's tag team partner so that was a, a bit of a surprise uh the big surprise of the night though was after the world heavyweight championship match uh after nick aldis retained his title uh marty Skrull made an appearance and uh faced off with all this as the show went off the air so uh yeah marty Skrull, a free agent right now still one third of the uh, ring of honor six-man champions so um i uh yeah he's supposed to be taking part in the uh, uh ring of honor tv tapings going on tonight so could 
potentially see villain enterprises dropping the six-man titles especially if pco is the world champion now i don't um don't know if they're going to leave both belts on them or how that's going to work but uh yeah marty Skrull popped up at uh, nwa uh nwa into the fire and confronted nick aldis so we could uh could be seeing a, a rematch between these two of course Skrull has challenged aldis before for the world title at uh, the, the crockett cup so, uh, yeah, interesting stuff going on with the NWA. Um, they also announced their next pay-per-view will be on January the 24th, and they will be reintroducing the NWA World TV Championship. And again, uh, the belt was presented during the pay-per-view, and it is the classic NWA World TV title uh, belt design from, uh, you know, the same belt that, like, Dusty Rhodes had and Arn Anderson had uh, so many times. And, you know, it's on a, a black strap instead of the, uh, the the red strap like the old one did, which I think if they would have went with the red strap, it would have been kind of cool. But just the fact that they went uh, with the original, not the original, but the old, uh, the 80s design for the uh, the world TV title is really cool. So that was always, always one of my favorite belts. So um, I'm pretty excited personally about that. Uh, getting into some uh, some miscellaneous and independent news here. Uh, Sin Cara, who was released from WWE, like we talked about last week, uh, appeared at the Triple uh, A show that took place this weekend. And uh, you know he was announced as Sin Cara. I would assume there's going to be a name change coming soon because obviously WWE owns the name. So uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that uh, how that works out. And uh, uh, what else do we got here? I lost my place. Oh, yeah, um, some more Warrior Wrestling news. Uh, now, they did announce during the show that Warrior Wrestling 8 will be taking place on February the 15th. And uh, from what was uh, what was announced, looks like the Impact Tag Team titles are going to be defended at Warrior Wrestling 8. Now, we had uh, the X Division title defended at Warrior Wrestling 7 um, in, a, in a great uh, great triple threat match. And... Uh, now, Ethan Page of the North, one half of the, the Impact Tag Team Champions, came out to open the show, uh, cut you know, cutting a promo, things like that. It was interrupted by the Tag Team of the Space Pirates. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with the Space Pirates, look them up. They're they're a fun team, you know, um, and uh, you know they're they're exceptionally good in the ring. I mean, I, I've seen them at uh, Warrior Wrestling a couple of times. They wrestle for Freelance Wrestling quite a bit as well, and they're just they're they're a very fun, entertaining tag team. So it looks like they're going to be challenging for the Impact Tag Team Titles uh, coming up on February the fifteenth. So uh, that's pretty much all I've got for news and rumors for the week. So next, as always, we'll get into my favorite part of the show, which is the Troll of the Week. Alright, so this week's Troll of the Week is a wrestler from AEW, and I'm talking about Jake Hager. And the reason he is uh, getting this honor this week is for some comments he made on Twitter to uh, Greta Thunberg. Now, if you're not familiar with who Greta Thunberg is, she's a 16-year-old girl from... uh, I can't remember if it's Sweden or Norway, but somewhere in that region of the world. And she is an activist for climate change and has become known all around the world. Like I said, she's 16 years old and, you know, she's become known all over the world just for her activism and going and speaking to different governments, trying to get them to take action uh, about, about, uh, you know, stopping climate change and uh, improving, you know, um, just basically helping to improve the the earth in general and you know and whether you agree with her stance or not 
honestly is irrelevant. She's a 16-year-old kid who has become famous and known all over the world for something good. She's trying to promote good change in the world. You know, whether you agree with her stance on it or not doesn't matter. You know, she she's not uh, uh, getting famous for something ridiculous or anything like that. She She's trying to promote positive change in the world. That's not a bad thing. And, and you know, people want to criticize her and make fun of her. And, and like I said, she's a 16-year-old kid. She has uh, Asperger's syndrome. And she, you know, she travels all over the world talking to, to again, like I said, all the uh, different governments trying to promote positive change to to make the world better in general for everybody. And, you know, Hager uh, jumped all over the, uh, the post from Time Magazine. Time Magazine made her their person of the year. Okay, great. You know, good for her. Good, good for her to be so passionate about something at such a young age to want to make a difference like that. And, you know, I, I just, I don't get why someone would, number one, attack a 16-year-old girl in general uh, online. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to me, you know, but, uh, you know, to attack them for just trying to do something positive. I mean, you know, Jake Hager makes no secret he's a huge Trump supporter, which fine, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody their personal politics, whether I agree with them or not, whatever your your politics or your politics. I don't get into any of that. But uh, you know, I mean Trump had to make a smart comment to the to this uh sixteen year old girl and Hager had to had to follow suit. And it just it was uncalled for. You know, if you don't uh, don't agree with it, don't like it, then keep moving. You know, there's no reason, and Hager did go back and delete the tweet later, but of course there are screenshots of it all over the place. But, uh, you know, basically saying she's a joke and, uh, you know, capitalize in his response. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but uh, in his response, capitalized the letter A and letter S uh, for, you know, Asperger's syndrome um, and things like that, and uh, saying that she was a joke. And it was just uh, very, you know, very... Uh, low class uncalled for and for him to be a part of AEW which one of their big things is being inclusive and, and things like that uh, it's just it's a it's a very bad look uh for one of their wrestlers to uh to be saying stuff like this to uh number 1 a 16 year old kid uh who you know does have a uh, uh uh, Asperger syndrome, so it just uh, and you know maybe that's the reason that he took it down. Maybe he was told by Brandy Rhodes or Cody, hey, you know you can't uh, can't be doing that kind of stuff, you know. And if that's the case, hey, good, you know, good on them. And uh, I don't know if he's going to face any kind of repercussions, but it was just it was uncalled for. It was classless. Uh, there was no reason for it. There's no reason for anybody to do this kind of stuff, you know. I mean, in, in the day and age we live in with the internet and social media and everything, it seems like people have forgotten. It is possible to disagree with somebody and not be an asshole about it. You know, you can disagree with people all you want, but there is no reason to belittle them, insult them, make fun of them, call them names, or any of that kind of garbage. It's just, it shows a complete lack of uh, integrity, lack of character. You know, there's tons of people out there I disagree with. But it doesn't mean 
you know, I dislike the person. I can disagree with you and still like you as, as a human being, you know, and, and, you know, or I can still disagree with you, but yet respect what you're trying to do or the stance you're trying to take. You know, like like in this case, like I said, this girl is trying to promote positive change for the world. It's not a bad thing, especially at 16 years old. Look at other 16-year-old, quote-unquote, celebrities in the world and stuff that they've gotten famous for. You know, she's not getting famous for doing something ridiculous online or some dumb reality show or something like that. She She's gained fame and notoriety for trying to do something positive for the entire world. You know, it's a big big lofty goal but uh you know she she's going for it and she's putting everything into it and i can respect that you know whether i agree with her or not is irrelevant and you know i'm not going to get into whether i agree with her or not i don't do the whole political thing my political views are my own and they're you know nobody else's business but uh you know i can definitely respect uh what she's doing and her uh, her passion about it you know, so uh, there, there's a right way and a wrong way to disagree with people. And uh, majority of the world, it seems, has chosen the wrong way. But uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, <laughs> and I get, I, I've ranted about that for long enough. But yeah, this week's Troll of the Week is Jake Hager for attacking a 16-year-old girl with Asperger's Syndrome. Way to go, Jake. So that's pretty much all I've got for this week. Um, don't forget, check out WrestlingBehindRingside.com. Uh, for information and tickets for their WBR Fan Fest 2020 coming up in July. And uh, again, want to thank everybody for listening, watching, and subscribing on uh, YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Uh, I don't know if it's up on Pandora yet, but it should be within the next week or two, hopefully. Um, but on all of those, search for Catch, Hook, and Shoot, and uh, you know, listen, subscribe, and uh Again, thanks to everybody for following on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and LinkedIn. It's at CatchHookShoot. Patreon.com slash CatchHookShoot for all your bonus content. And ProWrestlingTees.com for all your t-shirt needs. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's CatchHookShoot at gmail.com. So with that, I am going to sign off. Hope everybody has a great week. And I will talk to you guys soon. No! Oh!